This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare born from the spa. Milk and Honey sources and uses the safest possible ingredients in both their spa treatments and product lines, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. I recently went to their Brentwood location to treat myself to a spa day. In addition to having a wonderful and deeply therapeutic massage, I really appreciated how peaceful and relaxing the spa environment is. The lounge that is available for guests pre and post treatments felt like a little sanctuary and retreat away from the outside hustle and bustle of LA. We are so excited to now be able to offer our listeners a discount at all milk and honey spas, including both LA locations in Culver city and Brentwood. We are even more excited to partner with them to offer a spa package called the courageous wellness retreat, a 60 minute milk and honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. And for all our listeners in any location, their online boutique offers products from the milk and honey line and from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, Supergoop. Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CW Podcast. Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package at a special discounted rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. And you can find all this information in our show notes. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French, and this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a wonderful conversation this week with Mara Glatzel. Um, We're going to be talking all about needs 
And um, before we get into that, we're going to do our usual weekly updates. Just check in a little bit. We hope you're all doing well this week. Um, Erica, I know you've had a lot of puppy drama on the um, on, on the my day end. to day on your end. So um, anyway, what's going on with you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. For all of the puppy mamas out there and human mamas, our little Layla, she was spayed a month ago, over a month ago, but her body didn't, they were dissolvable internal stitches and her body rejected one of the stitches and it was awful. It like swelled up and we had to take her to emergency vet and she is fine and safe and recovering. Um, but it was like a traumatic event. I know that sounds probably silly if you don't have uh, a pet or maybe if you don't have children or if you do have children, you might be like, it, it's a pet. But, you know, it was it was a lot. And and I bring that up because I know we've done episodes with like Amrit Sadna Khalsa and we've done a lot of episodes. And even this episode is really a great um, compliment to like really understanding your needs and like the way trauma is stored in the body. And something Amrit shared in her episode that's really stuck with me is that like when animals experience a traumatic event, like if a deer is being chased by a predator, when they get away and escape, their whole body will shake right before they'll hop off and continue life. And I saw this on someone's Instagram recently. I think Sophie Jaffe had something happen to one of her kids. And she was like, I need to process, like, everything's fine. We got through it. My body went into fight or flight, but I need to process that trauma in my body. And so it's funny because it's a little, it's a little puppy, but it's our baby. And, you know, she came home at three pounds and now she's 11 pounds. And, um, it was a lot to see her in that kind of pain. And, you know, she was so traumatized afterwards and she's fine. She's happy. She's energetic as ever. And we have to keep her calm for two weeks to let her stitch heal. And that's a whole other thing, you know, um, keeping a puppy calm, but, but yeah, I'm like, Ooh, I got to process and shake my body a little bit because I love this little, little fur daughter of mine. Who's preparing me to be a human parent one day. And, um, I think it's just a good reminder. Like my husband and I were talking about it cause he was really shaken about it too. And we were like, okay, like I made us both shake before we went to bed. I was like, let's shake our bodies. Um, because you got to get it through. So whether it's a human kid, a puppy, a stressful email, I think it's just, it's been a good reminder of making sure I feel my feelings so I don't hold it in my body. Um, yeah. Yeah. And being a puppy mom is no joke, you know, like know. We, it's like a real, it's definitely expanded my life in so many ways. And I love her so much. She'll be one next month. So she's oh. almost one year old. And I'm anyway. sure a lot of the pet parents that are listening can relate to that for yeah. sure. You know, um, the love for an animal and yeah, it makes sense. And we all often talk about, you know, nervous system regulation or when we're in our fight or flight, our sympathetic responses, like how to tap back into our parasympathetic and yeah, it's, it's a good reminder, but it's cool that you have the awareness that like you were still kind of holding it and that you wanted to try to release it after the fact. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's all we can really do is have the awareness about it. So yeah. 
and then move through it. And I yeah. love that quote, right? Like feel your feelings. So you don't become your feelings mm-hmm. has really stayed with me. Um, but Ali, you have a much more fun update on <laughs> your end. So everyone's like, like, let's like sharp left because you oh had a gosh. really fun weekend. I am, first of all, crazy. But second of all, no, I, I, I joke. Um, because I went to Las Vegas in for 24 hours, not even drove from LA to Vegas for one night for my friend's bachelorette party. And yes, we are all like pushing 37 and decided to do a <laughs> bachelorette in Vegas. Uh, totally wild fun. I'm kind of, I'm the kind of person who's like, if I never go to Vegas again, it's literally fine. And I felt that way before going, but I wanted to support her and um, I love her a lot. So a couple friends of mine and I decided to do the little trip for the overnight. And it was, you know, we did all the kind of silly over the top Vegas things. I lost about $29 on roulette. Um, went out to a dinner that was like way too expensive. <laughs> and we, went to magic Mike, which was an experience in and of itself. It Although there was so like, fun. It's a very like, you know, heteronormative show that's definitely produced and geared toward cisgendered straight women. But we had a whole mixed group of people like, you know, people who identify differently. We had guys, we had straight men, gay men, you know, gay women. We had like a very kind of, um, group. So we all kind of got like a chuckle at it. And what I did appreciate is that they've, they kind of have worked it in a way to create this sort of like the enough camp and enough sort of like, I don't know, you know, you get the trashy elements that you expect from that kind of show. Um, But there's also some strong boundaries that are set. And I appreciated that too, so that people could feel comfortable if they didn't want to interact or anything like that. And that there was respect for the dancers too. So um, it went both ways and it was fun. It was silly. It was fun. But anyway, the point of all of this is what I didn't do the entire time was have a drink. It's incredible. In Vegas. And um, I, you know, it's so interesting. I really kind of proud of myself because it would be easy to have fallen into just like, you know, going hard for the whole night. And I was like, I can enjoy myself. I can do silly, campy, trashy, fun things without having to rely on alcohol. I mean, literally there was like a stretch limo at one point even. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was like all the basic Vegas things. But like, yeah, just to be, have that like clarity and awareness all night and like actually get a semblance of, some sleep and not feel like total garbage the next day was a real gift that I was able to give myself. And it was, I think at this point, I'm like feeling practiced enough that it was like easier than I thought it was going to be. Did you have any mocktails or like, did you have a drink in your hand for like comfort? Like, do you have any tips for anybody who might be having that Vegas experience? Like, did anything help with you staying sober that night? Um, I did have a mocktail with dinner. Um, 
I know I had water. And in fact, people even bought rounds of drinks like at the show and stuff, but there were a handful of us that weren't drinking. So maybe that also made it easier yeah. where it wasn't like the entire group and it was just me. And there was a huge group of people. It was like 14 people. Um, but it was interesting because it was so generous to be like, oh, I'm going to bring rounds for everybody. But like there were multiple people who were not drinking and those went to waste. I mean, we tried to find other friends who would enjoy them, but I thought it was interesting where it's like, sometimes people just assume. Yeah. And then all of a sudden here are like six drinks that are, you know, not being touched. That's a lot of money too. It is. That's so, so interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just like an interesting sort of social <laughs> experiment no, to do I that experience. And um, yeah, I find myself since I've sort of backed off on alcohol, um, really having this like awareness of feeling like certain kind of experiences are like social experiments. Yeah. And, and I think I'm so proud of you. And I think that's such a big moment. And in my, in my episode about 12 months off of alcohol, I think I shared like, um, the concert was a big one for me, like going to a concert without like having a drink, you know, was, um, was kind of that big moment for me, but they are, they're like milestones where you also realize you can have so much fun without booze. And yeah. And now it becomes like second nature. Sometimes I find it easier though, to have a drink in your hand. Like even if it's like a seltzer water or a mocktail or, you know, like even whatever, just to kind of like negate questions if you don't want them. But yeah, I was going to say, I was joking. I was like, you should have brought, I know we have to restock, but like bring a round of Odyssey elixir. <laughs> I was I like, that would have been perfect. If um, we have a new sponsor, Odyssey elixir for those of you who are listening or listening for the first time. Um, it's an incredible functional mushroom energy drink, which I feel like is perfect for Vegas with it's just delicious. And it's not marketed as a mocktail. It's an energy drink, but yeah. I found I use it as a mocktail and I've been bringing it with me everywhere. So you can find that info in our show notes. Uh, you can get 20% off with CW podcast and you can get a four pack for 16 bucks. So definitely recommend trying it. It's delicious. It's sparkling. It's functional mushrooms. So yeah, it's, it's yummy. And it just reminded me when you were talking, I was like, we should bring rounds of like healthy energy drinks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, fun. absolutely. Um, yeah, there's so many good alternatives and even, you know, like I said, at the, at the restaurant, I did have a mocktail, um, which was, was it on the menu. Too? It was. Mm -hmm. See, that's what's cool. There's so many mocktails on menus now, which is making it so much more normal. So which much. Is great. Yeah. Which is awesome. Um, yeah. And in addition to Odyssey, we, as everybody knows, we have our longtime sponsor and sponsoring the episode milk and honey. And, uh, there are wonderful spas here in LA. They're in Texas in the Austin area in Chicago. Um, and you can get 20 20% off any spa service at a milk and honey spa um, with code CW podcast. And it's also good for their online boutique as well. They carry all of their own product lines, which smell delicious, use hyper clean ingredients for the skin. Um, but also they carry brands like Osea Malibu, uh, Super Goop, Moon Juice, you know, the list goes on. So check those out and use uh, code CW podcast for 20% off. And with that, we have a really good episode today, so we should get to it. Yes, let's do it. All right. So 
Today on the podcast, we have Mara Glatzel. Mara is a coach, writer, and host of the Needy podcast. Her new book, Needy, How to Advocate for Your Needs and Claim Your Sovereignty, was just released in February. She is also a queer femme wife and mother of two, recovering control freak, and a human who deeply understands the impulse to relegate her needs to the bottom of a very long to-do list in an attempt to prove her worth. Mara does not believe that self-care is one size fits all. She works to help perfectionists, caregivers, and people pleasers to take up more space in their lives and reclaim their sovereignty through honoring and advocating for their needs and feel seen, heard, and adored no matter what. In this episode, we discuss identifying needs, why needy gets a bad rap, and why it's actually important to understand and articulate our needs. Mara also has a quiz on her website that helps identify what you're aching for the most and how to meet that need in a totally doable way. It's a really fun quiz. And in our show notes, you can find that link. And we talk a little bit about the results of the episode if you want to pause and check that out or try it after. But we know you're going to gain so much from this episode and from Mara's book. So enjoy the episode. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How's that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today we want to talk about Ned's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health a key player in your mental health and cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1500 five-star reviews and they work with incredible partners within the medical field, like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, 
Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off NED products with the code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash CWPODCAST to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. Well, welcome, Mara. Thank you for joining us today. We are um, we're really looking forward to this conversation with you. And so just to get started, can you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and your personal background and how that's have led you into the to the space that you're working in now. Yeah. So my name is Mara Glatzel and I am a coach and a writer and a mother of two children under the age of 6 and a podcast host. And my work primarily centers around helping people figure out what they need and how to ask for it, which is both simple and complicated as i'm sure we all know right uh it it we don't necessarily have we're beginning to have more of one which is fantastic but we don't necessarily have a social conversation going yet about needs what is even possible to need how we know what our needs and what our wants and how do they play together how do we advocate for those needs in the workplace or in our relationships and so my work really focuses first on building your relationship with yourself so that you feel confident and comfortable even knowing what you need before you have a conversation with somebody else and bolstering my clients with those tools for building self-trust, building self-confidence, and beginning to understand what their place in their world is. And I come to this work as a person who really struggled with all of these things. And, you know, somebody who uh, was a chronic people pleaser and a control freak and a very much type A um, personality who was doing all of the things, wanting to do it perfectly, and who got to a point of total burnout. And as I started crawling my way out of that burnout, I realized that I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the understanding. I hadn't, I didn't have role models for what it looked like to be myself in relationships and to be safe being myself, to have um to have conflict that wasn't earth shattering or relationship ending how to stop pleasing other people and what to do when my entire self-worth was tied to how other people perceived me so when i started to walk that back i needed to find a new foundation and reconnect with myself the, the person that i actually was instead of the person who i was conditioned to want to be instead so powerful, so relatable, I'm sure to to myself, I'm sure to many of the people listening. And um, yeah, I'm definitely a recovering people pleaser um, myself. And I'm somebody who definitely feel safe when I have control. So <laughs> that's been a big unlearn of like, we really can't control anything but ourselves. Um, so with that, you know, as you mentioned, this is really this can be really difficult work and really foreign work to a lot of us who don't even know 
necessarily what our needs are. We've been so conditioned to prioritize other people's needs or the needs society tells us we should have or want. Um, So can you talk to us a little bit about the untangling, the unlearning and how, how, how we start doing this work to identify our needs and, and go out and I don't even know if I have the language for it, but like identifying our needs and then facing the fear that could come along with them. Like you mentioned, I didn't even, you know, if we're conflict averse or if we're, you know, who am I to have these needs? How do we start doing that work? Yeah. So I think that the first piece that's really important is that you begin to develop a working understanding of what is possible to need. Because I started this work with the question of what do I need right now? And what I found was it was really hard for people to answer. And the reason it was hard to answer was because they didn't know, they didn't even know what was on the table to to need. So you say, well, what do I need? What do you need? What can I do for you? And you, you may be totally overwhelmed in that moment. What am I even allowed to ask for? And so this is one of the reasons why I wrote my book, Needy, because Laverne Cox talks about possibility models and Needy is a possibility model. It shows you what is even possible to need. Because I think we all share these needs for safety or for for belonging, for um, contribution, uh, love, celebration. And yet each and every one of us has our own particular flavor of how we need that need met, right? And that depends on our lives up until that point, our childhoods, the messages that we received, our trauma, our, you know, real, our attachment style, all of that stuff uh, leads us to need what we need in the way that we need it. But when you have a larger overarching framework that you can start putting yourself into, you can see, hey, you know, the need for celebration is actually really tricky for me. I like to have big celebrations with lots of people involved. I like to have tiny celebrations that with just one or two people, right? Maybe I'm an extrovert, maybe I'm an introvert. And so the more that we're able to see how we personally fit into it, the better equipped we are to have the language for what to ask for when that question is posed. What do I need right now? And so I think that that's the first piece. The second piece is people will often ask me, well, what's a need and what's a want? And when I get this question, what I'm hearing underneath it is I have about this much time and energy. You can't see me. I have my fingers very close together. (laughs) This much time and energy. And um, I, you know, I need to know what to prioritize because I only have so much space. So I got to do what's going to get me the max benefit. And I urge people not to put their needs and their wants into a hierarchy and instead to think about it in this way. The need is what you require in order to exist, to survive, to thrive. And the want is what you desire. And in my work, I like to think about this as the need is the what and the want is the how. So a very simple example might be, I am hungry, I need breakfast. 
And the want, I saw some very delicious looking bowl with some yogurt and peanut butter on your Instagram feed uh, this morning. So that might be what you want to have, right? That's how you're going to meet that need in particular. And so these two work in concert with one another. And when we are thinking about developing a truly satisfying and rich life, you're going to need both, right? You're going to have needs. We all do. We are all needy, however we feel about that concept. And our wants are how we personally desire that need to be met in the moment. Because our needs are changing over the course of our days, our lives, depending on the season we're in or the circumstance. And so when we start to build that language in, I think that can be a really nice way to experiment with it. Well, what do I need? And how do I want to meet that need right now? then we can start reclaiming those small moments like breakfast or what am I going to wear today, right? I need to get dressed. (laughs) What am I going to wear? We can start reclaiming those parts of our lives and playing with it in a way that is related to saying this is what I need in a relationship context, which may feel much higher test. When we're experimenting with those small needs and wants, we're beginning to trust ourselves to know, hey, I know what I need. I know what I want. I'm building this relationship with myself so that that information, that data is readily accessible to me when I need it most. Because too often we kind of put all these these things on autopilot until we have a big decision to make and the stakes are really high. And at that point, we don't have confidence in ourselves because we haven't been building that up over time. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And I like the way you're able to explain needs and wants kind of working together, because I do think sometimes there's this perception that those are opposed to each other or that you said they don't have to be in some sort of hierarchy, but that they can have that kind of relationship. Um, it makes a lot of sense. And I've never I've never looked at it that in that way, but it, it's helpful to do that. And um one thing that you brought up too is people's relationship with the word needy. And so I would love to get into that because as you say, we are all human beings. We all have basic needs. And um, and I know like this probably a bigger conversation because there's a lot of, you know, structural and systemic things that go against a lot of people having those needs met from like a, a larger cultural standpoint, but if we're talking about the individual right now, um, this idea of, of needy or being, being needy, which has a negative connotation. Um, can you talk about why that might be like, why there's a negative connotation? Because as humans or as any living beings are all needs in order to live. And I'm looking at my, my house plants that are surrounding me. Like they have needs if they don't have sunlight and water, um, and some care, they're not going to be able to live. And, you know, on some level, we're not a whole lot different than that. And so why does needy get a bad connotation? If it's something that we all, if needs are something we all have, I guess that's part one. And then, um, yeah, let's just start with that. And then we can, we can see where we can go. Yeah. So when we, I love the word needy and it is provocative. And one of the reasons that I decided to title my book needy was because I 
thought that it was kind of fun that it's a litmus test. If that makes you feel a certain kind of way, I can say to you, I know that the book's for you. Because it that feeling, right, that feeling means something. And I have to... <laughs> My when I was naming the book, my father, my own father said to me, you know, I think you're really doing it wrong. Nobody wants to be that. That is a bad thing. And I'm like, okay, so okay, herein we have the problem. <laughs> and also some history, personal history. Um, and I think that, yeah, the word needy, all of us can, I'm sure, evoke a mental image right now of what that looks like. And that's the thing you don't want to be. It's way too much. It's clingy. It's um, it's a burden. It's that feeling of that hungry ghost. This person's in my life and they are constantly needing something and that those needs are never satisfied. And because of that cultural perception of neediness, so many of us run in the opposite direction and think that if we want to be in a relationship with somebody else, we have to keep our needs at bay as much as possible, meet them in the, the perimeter of our lives, maybe, and just have that felt sense that introducing neediness to a relationship immediately makes you less desirable. But we do all have needs and we have needs for our relationships. We have needs, our, our physical bodies have needs. We have needs in the workplace. We are needy beings. You cannot exist in a human body without having needs. It is a fact and not a flaw. And when you do not take responsibility for your needs, when you are expecting other people to read your mind and just know what you need, or you're telling yourself the story that if they know what you need, that means that you're good and you're lovable or that that need is okay. It's only okay if somebody else is somebody else's idea. These are all setups to make us really needy, needy in that sense that we don't wanna be, right? When you take responsibility for your needs, when you have a working understanding of what you personally require when it comes to your relationships and you're willing to meet some of those needs yourself, uh, you know, have conversations and advocate for the for those needs with other people, when you're willing to come to the realization that no one person can meet all of your needs, then you really are starting to get somewhere. And I think that that neediness that we picture is what happens when we pretend that we don't have needs because we're hung we are hungry for something that we are denying ourselves and we only become hungrier for it and it you know a need will be met somehow so you know if i need to be feel seen and known then and i don't advocate for opportunities to feel seen and known in my relationships then I'm going to throw a tantrum. Then I'm going to have a fit. Then, you know, I'm I'm gonna make something out of nothing. All of these things that might be more inherently problematic in a relational sense. And so when I'm working with people, I really wanna advocate for us taking responsibility for our needs. We are responsible 
for our needs. That doesn't mean that we meet them in silence or we meet them without other people helping us, but it means that at the end of the day, whether or not somebody else has the capacity to meet us in our needs, they are our responsibility, which means if we get a no, we get to think, okay, well, you know, how else could I meet that need? Or am I comfortable waiting to meet that need until a different day or a better time? And in that responsibility, our needs stop being this big scary thing that we have to hide and it starts to actually create better and closer and more emotionally honest relationships because we're inviting our fullest expression to that relationship. And, you know, I often like to say that I'm perfectly willing to be the neediest person in the room um, because I think somebody has to be. And I, I love to stand in that place and to say that I have tons, I have tons of needs. I have so many needs. Those needs are not being met, all of them on any given day. And that's not the expectation, right? It's about how I'm relating to myself and how I am validating and affirming what lives inside of me instead of making it a problem. Because when we trespass against our own self-belonging to belong to somebody else, we are setting ourselves up to feel so lonely. And I, for one, have, have been there, have felt that lonely. And it can be scary to ask for what you need, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna get what you need unless you ask. And it feels really good to get what you need, at least, you know, some of the time. This episode is brought to you by Odyssey Mushroom Elixirs. Are you someone who relies on energy drinks to power through your day? Well, what if I told you that those energy drinks could be doing more harm than good? And that's where Odyssey Mushroom Elixir comes in. Unlike traditional energy drinks that are loaded with sugar and artificial ingredients, Odyssey is packed with natural ingredients, including functional mushrooms like lion's mane and cordyceps. These mushrooms have been used for centuries to improve mental clarity, increase focus, and boost energy levels. Not only do these mushrooms provide natural energy, but they also have a host of other health benefits. We've even done multiple episodes on the power of functional mushrooms, and we love that they can help support your immune system, reduce inflammation, and even improve your mood. With Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, there's no need to settle for a drink that's full of chemicals and empty calories. Odyssey's functional energy drink is the perfect way to get the energy you need without sacrificing your health. And it tastes really good. As someone who is no longer drinking alcohol, I also find this to be a fun and functional alternative to bring to parties, have as a post-work drink, and is a great afternoon pick-me-up. So if you're ready to make the switch, visit their website today to learn more and order your first case. Available in a variety of delicious flavors, there's something for everyone. My favorites include the blackberry lemon twist and orange ginger, but they're all wonderful. Plus, as a special offer for our podcast listeners, you can use the promo code CWPODCAST at checkout to receive 20% off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Ditch those unhealthy energy drinks and try a functional energy drink today. 
Visit their website at www.odysseyelixir.com and use promo code CWPODCAST for 20% off. Odyssey is also sold and shipped in the USA, and you can find them at your local retailer. You can find all of this information in our show notes. You have a beautiful quiz on your website that I think everyone should go take. We're going to link it in the show notes because it's really fun. Who doesn't love a personality quiz that they can go and learn about themselves? Um, But it's a quiz to identify what do you need right now? And um, it's amazing. Sorry, I just want to like brag about this (laughs) quiz because after we took it, um, you offer free resources to like you offer free affirmations right there to like connect with that need books you can read to connect with that need it's it's really amazing resources that you get from a quiz so I highly recommend everybody go take it right now go to your website um Allie I feel like you have thoughts as I'm talking I, no, see I was laughing going. because Mara we took this before obviously before we were gonna re- interview you and the good news was there were a few things where I was like oh I really don't I really don't actually know my answer but some were very very clear and um in certain ways I was like oh well maybe maybe I'm actually meeting this need right now because I don't feel particularly pulled to like oh there's one thing but overall I kind of forced myself well if I'm in a space like just answer honestly and Erica didn't know obviously all the options because she got one thing and I said, what do you think I got? And she, again, didn't know. I answered it correctly. I answered it correctly. <laughs> I knew what she got. I knew what her need was. We work, we work together. Yeah. We work. So Allie's need was rest. My need was connection. And I, I definitely think connection was so spot on for me. You know, I have it pulled up right here and it says, um, you ache to have your truest, most unguarded self be seen, heard, held, and met by the world around you. And I'm like, poof, that's it right there. And I swear I'm going to stop talking in a second. But I think, you know, um, we talk about astrology sometimes on this show. I find it very fun. And I'm an Aquarius moon with a Capricorn rising. And those, again, not to gender things, but can can bring about like masculine energy. And I think I'm really good at at doing everything, taking care of everything. But that that concept of like connection or tapping into my more, you know, feminine energy of connection is is sometimes really hard for me. And I don't know where I'm going with this. I guess I'm just again, I'm like, oh, this is a therapy session now for Erica on this podcast. But can you maybe elaborate Obviously, Allie got rest, which I knew she was going to get. So she got rest. I got connection. Can you elaborate maybe on the different types that you can get on the quiz? And maybe we could just start there and continue this conversation because I don't even know what my question is. My mind is just moving 100 miles (laughs) per hour here. Yeah. Yeah. So you said so many great things that I... Like you can just take it away to exactly. respond to. Um, first of all, I'm so glad you love the quiz. I love, love. the quiz too. I love a quiz and I love this quiz. Um, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, and again, you know, the reason that I created the quiz was so that 
we had this overarching understanding because you'll get access to what you personally need, but you're also going to get access to everything. So again, this idea of what is even possible to need, you know, even within rest or even within connection and community, what flavor of that calls to me specifically? And rest, I think, is really interesting. Um, there's a rest chapter in the book where I talk about the multiple ways that you can meet your need for rest and that some of our, our rest needs are for active rest. So for um, something that fills you up, but it's an active thing. Like I talk about, I love to detail my car. That's a really restful activity for me because it so much of my work is just, I'm in my head, I'm talking to people all day. And so to clean, and radically reinvent a small space is so internally soothing for me that that is a restful activity for me. And so when we start to think about the multiple ways that we can meet these needs, then we can start to see, oh, well, this is why the self-care that I've been trying to do has kind of fell flat or didn't, didn't satisfy me the way that I hoped that it would, because that self-care may have been more prescriptive in nature. Maybe I read a listicle or, you know, read something, saw a little square on Instagram and I decided to try that thing versus responding to my needs. And the care that we ache for is to be seen and to be known and to be cared for in that specific way that we are requiring and desiring in that moment. And I agree with you that bypassing your needs and showing up in your more masculine, uh, forward-facing, kind of productive, tangible pr productivity energy is absolutely socially validated and does, you know, people loved it when I was doing all the things. I got nothing but positive feedback for that, which is why it became so easy to marry that productivity to my self-worth and say, this is what is good about me. I do all the things. I do hard things. I do things fast and well and perfectly. That's something that you know about me. I'm going to show up. And there was a ton of validation for that. But again, what happened was it was wholly unsustainable. So when we think about how we are producing or how we are showing up or how we're working in the workplace or what we're saying yes to in our relationships, you are the vessel for your contributions. And if you are not in good working order, you you are inherently creating a pattern where you're going to get to a point where you need that emergency care and, you know, systems down, you get burnt out, you get sick, you, you know, um, become immediately less reliable. And so this is a more feminine approach, a more feminine energy approach. Uh, it is more about, right, if we're thinking, you know, from a from a place of archetypes, not gender, um, it is a more of a place of how we mother ourselves. And it is not convenient. Capitalism does not want us to care for ourselves in these ways. And so if it feels as though my entire life is set up to keep me from caring for myself, that is true. 
You know, it feels that way because it's true. And I just want to say that because I think so many of us are piling on ourselves saying, well, it's so hard. You know, how come I never get to it? How come it always feels so hard? How come I never have space for it? It's a me problem. It's not a you problem. It is an all of us problem. And yet your needs are your responsibility. And so it's up to each and every one of us to decide. And of course, you know, there's privilege in this. Um, you know, some of us may be working multiple jobs to keep a roof over our head. We're going to have less time, energy, and resources for um, our needs. Some of us have a marginalized identity that, you know, we are told even more so than more priv- people who carry more privilege that we don't deserve access to our needs. So it isn't to say that we all have the same access, but we all have needs. And however it is that we are able to meet those needs, when we're thinking about how to make our lives more sustainable so that we can keep, think of yourself as that vessel, pouring into what matters to us. So, you know, I hear it from a lot of parents who say, Surely, oh God, before I had kids, I would get emails all the time that would say, oh, it's so sweet that you talk about self-care. I can't wait until your kids are born. And then, you know, you're going to realize you're just like us. You don't get to take care of yourself. And I will say, yeah, it's harder for sure. There's so many challenges, but it is even more important for me to be resourced and well tended to having small children than it was before. Because I have nothing to offer them if I have nothing to give. And, you know, I have my work. I care about my work. I'm on way too many boards and committees. I do a lot of uh, local work here with affordable housing. I care a lot about that. I spend a lot of time on it. I wouldn't be able to do any of these things. Be a partner to my partner, you know, be whatever, a dog parent to my dog. I couldn't do any of those things if I'm not in good working order. And so when we back it out and we think about, you know, this is about my, this happens in my relationship with myself. Am I going to continue bypassing and diminishing my needs? Or am I going to take responsibility for them? And that doesn't mean all of your needs are going to be met. You know, people ask me all the time, well, this is, you're like the needy expert. Does that mean all of your needs are met? No, I am in a phase of my life where I have small kids. I want to go out and do things. I want to travel more. And my life in this moment doesn't, it's just not convenient. You know, it would be a huge stretch and I would rather use my energy in other ways. And so you can have needs that aren't being met, but that doesn't mean it's not all or nothing. And I think that's the piece. It's like either I want to be in connection with my needs and they're all getting met or it's too painful and I'm going to shut the door. None of them are being met. But if we can start to meet some of our needs in small ways over the course of the day, as it relates to how we're feeding ourselves, both physically and also by what we're consuming, the television, the podcast, the media, or the silence, right? How we are taking care of ourselves in all of those micro moments does add up to the sustenance that we're aching for. You know, no one thing is going to completely alleviate the ache, but with time, all of those things add up and make you far more resilient. 
and far more resourced overall so that when shit happens, because it absolutely does and will, you're coming from that place of, you know, having a, a um, relatively strong foundation. You know, over the course of the last year of my life, I had a rough, very rough year. A friend of ours was um, terminally ill and we cared for him and he ended up passing away. And people kept sending me messages saying, basically, how are you doing it? Like, are you okay? And it was hard. But what was amazing is I started to see I've been taking really good care of myself for years. And this is a shitty time, no doubt. But I have the tools because I've been practicing them in lower test situations. And I also have this uh, surplus of resiliency because I have been rest, I've been sleeping at night, you know, as much as I can. I've been making a priority to get outside and move my body, all of those things. And so when we need them, because we will, having those practices pretty immediately accessible makes such a difference. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Allie and I are both certified integrative health coaches. Allie has advanced training in hormone health, and I have advanced training in gut health. And we now offer health coaching and corporate coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business. We love the program and have had many listeners ask us about continuing their education in nutrition, health coaching, or even just advancing their personal knowledge about food and nutrition. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, or medical industry experts. To receive up to $2,500 off of your tuition, use one of our names, either Allie French or Erica Stein at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, then you know that Allie and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for close to a year now and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am devoted to taking seed every single morning before food, and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic is vegan and gluten-free and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains, not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. And in addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet. Pretty important, right? Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system 
and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community as well. If you would like to order seed daily symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, go to seed.com and use the code courageous 15 at checkout for 15% off or click on the link in our show notes. I I guess I'm identifying for myself. Sometimes I know that my needs are actually not exactly what I want to do. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, for example, I know because I've practiced this enough that getting outside to move my body or doing some sort of like, you know, I don't go that often. I go maybe a couple days a week, but like doing some sort of resistance training feels really good for me and what it does for my mind too, in addition to just how it feels in my body, those types of things. But like some mornings I don't want to do that. And then I'll, I'm practiced enough at this point that I'll, I'll oftentimes choose to do it to honor the need that I've understood that is like a part of my life. I'm just using that one as an example and I'll feel so good after, even if it means pushing work a little bit, a little bit later or whatever, you know, whatever the other like list of things that need to happen, um, pushing that a little bit. And so, but maybe the desire first thing is not to go do the thing. Like I don't want to do it, but yet I know fundamentally it will serve me well because it's a need um, if I honor that. So as people are developing an understanding of how to articulate their needs and how you were talking about earlier, like wants working kind of with that, how about the... (laughs) How about working with the like, don't feel like honoring the need impulses, even though, because those come up, right? Those come up for all of us. There's resistance to it. Yeah. I'm like laughing on mute because I was like, everything I need to do for my mental health, I I don't want to do. Like most of the, like it's hard, like taking care of your mental health what I've learned or my needs for that takes a lot of work, right? And I don't always want to do it. So just great question, Allie. Yeah, so I guess if someone's sort of new to this work, working with you, reading the book, starting to identify what their needs might even be, and then experience resistance through the opposite of wanting, the the not wanting to do it, how do you work with that? Mm -hmm. This is a great question. So most of what we need, we don't want to need. I'll just put that out there. Uh, Being in a human body is tremendously inconvenient. It's just, it doesn't fit into your calendar. It doesn't happen in accordance with your to-do list. And so... (laughs) We have this. It's like we have all of these things to do. And then we ha- we're we just these animal beings, really. And how we feel on any given day, what we personally require, most of what we actually need is vastly different than what we might want to need. 
So we see these beautiful kinds of things on Instagram. We see, you know, all this stuff. It's like, I want to need something that is easier. And yet so many of my needs are for the things that I don't want to do. And I see this a lot when it comes to rest, right? So we don't want to go to bed at night for a multitude of very good reasons. We want to, we have these conflicting needs. And so, you know, we want to stay up late. We want to, you know, just check one more thing off of our to-do list or we're enjoying a show. We want to watch the show or, you know, whatever it might be. This is the only time of the day for me. So it's meeting that need for pleasure. And I want to continue doing that. Um, and when we struggle with getting our needs met during the day, it may be something like our need for movement or uh, sustenance comes at the cost of our need for contribution, right? And it feels like, well, these two things couldn't possibly occupy this one spot. And that is factual, right? You're just one person. And so there are so many valid reasons for why it feels this way. And I think that is so important to acknowledge for us to have conversations like I need things that I don't want to need. You know, I, I'm personally right now, I have this whole gut thing going on and doing this gut protocol for it. I don't want to do that. I definitely don't want to do that. There's so many things involved. It requires a lot of my energy. I want to use that energy in a million other ways, but I'm the tender steward of my body. This is what's here for me to tend to. And right now, this is it. But here's the crux of it. I don't have to feel great about it. I can be pissed. I can be annoyed. I can stomp my feet down to my little gym in my basement and lift heavy things because I know that I need to, but I don't really want to. I can stomp my feet and take my pills. You know, we. it doesn't have to look beautiful. We can take responsibility for ourselves and also feel however we feel about it. You know, when we're talking back to that piece about the productivity and the more masculine energy and the, the, this entire universe of having needs. And I think when it comes to what is actually sustainable, there's a lot of grief in here for me. So I hook, line and sinker bought into that idea of if you just do more and you do all of the hacks and you follow all of the rules and you, you know, do all the self-help stuff, it's like you will make yourself better than you are in some way. And so for the answer to be, I'm this human with needs who can do actually far less than I might like, there's a lot of grief there. It's that feeling of being sold a lemon. I can't actually just do more on end forever. But, you know, my my ambition wants that for me. And I have all of these ideas in my mind about what is right and good. And so when I start to take that hyper productivity and that over-functioning away as coping mechanisms, what is left is this feeling of discomfort and disillusionment and grief. And so oftentimes, I think we really have to name this. And this is why doing this work, having these conversations like this, doing it in good company is so important. So we can say, hey, I don't want to, I know I need to rest, but I don't want to rest. 
when I lay down, I feel so uncomfortable. Everything in me wants to just get out of bed and keep going. But I'm getting burned out. What do I do? Right? And so that we can say then, me too. I feel that way too. I know it's important, but I don't want to do it. I don't like what happens when I slow down. I start to feel feelings I don't want to feel. I start to think thoughts I don't want to think. And I want to just fill my calendar up again. So by giving voice to these things in good company, then we can start to have that understanding again of it's not just me. It is uncomfortable for very valid reasons. This has to do with the social fabric that we are all living and breathing every single day. And taking care of yourself shouldn't be counterculture, but it is. It is. It very much is. And yeah, this is such important work you are doing. And I'm so happy that your book is about to be released. It will be released when this episode airs, which is so wonderful. And, you know, I'm just curious. I, uh, if maybe if we can mention, so the archetypes of our needs, right? We got rest for Allie. We got connection. What was or is yours? And can you maybe list the others that people can also have in case somebody listening is like, I don't really vibe with rest. I don't vibe what like, but it's foreign to even think what, what could it be, you know? Yeah. So the quiz has five and the book has nine. Um, so I'll give you the, the whole shebang from yeah. the book, which is, uh, safety, safety, rest. And, and I want to say we all have all of these yeah, needs. Of course. And if we're not called towards one, that largely means that that need is being met, which is mm -hmm. great. Yeah. Right. So safety, rest. Uh, sustenance, trust, integrity, sovereignty, belonging, love, and celebration are all of the different need archetypes that I go into in the book. And for me personally, the need that I trend the most towards is sustenance. Mm -hmm. And sustenance is about what you are hungry for, literally and metaphorically. Right. And it's about how you are feeding yourself, literally and metaphorically. And I find that, you know, when people ask me, well, what's the number one need? If you could only meet one need, what do you absolutely prioritize? And for me, it is eating meals at, you know, intervals over the course of the day so that my blood sugar stays stable. That will be up and down. It is not sexy. It is not, you know, <laughs> like yeah, the kind of self-care that I'm trying to, to have. But that means that my mental capacity, my mental health is so much better. My physical health is so much better. My digestion, my ability to just deal with from a resiliency place, just deal with whatever is on my plate so much better. And so for me, meeting that need for sustenance inherently makes me feel more safe in my body, inherently makes it easier to rest because it's easier to combat those voices that come up and tell me that, you know, I shouldn't rest for whatever reason to stay grounded in my truth, inherently makes me more trusting of myself, inherently helps me make those um, decisions that are in alignment with my values and helps me build that life of integrity, inherently has me understanding how, where I belong in space and time and in relation to other people from that, that sovereignty perspective. So 
when these needs also don't happen in a vacuum. And there may be a part of your life where you're really lacking in that direction. For many of us, our need to belong is so powerful. And this is the one, one of the reasons that we override ourselves constantly is because we want to belong. We want to create the conditions for our belonging. But too often, this is on an outdated blueprint. It's like we wrote up the blueprint when we were kids and we're just continuing to abide by it. And for me, it is such a practice to remind myself that I am, because belonging sits right on top of that need for safety, which is why we have such a, um, just get into such a frenzy about belonging. And so for me, from an adult perspective, so much of this work is about reminding myself that no matter what anybody else thinks about me, I'm safe in my relationship with myself. No matter what, you know, when I am showing up and asking for what I need and other people are having thoughts or feelings about that, that that's their business, that's not my business. And that work takes practice and also take stable blood sugar for me personally. So you can see how they all kind of work together. And there may be some that come more easily to us. I think that, um, you know, it's funny because some people will find meeting their physical needs very easy because it's somehow more black and white than than meeting the needs of your, your emotional needs or your spiritual needs may feel a bridge too far. Um, but for others of us, I have clients who will say, I do not understand. I am sitting here. The sink is right there. Why don't I get up and pour myself a glass of water? And that's because it's about the water. It seems simple, but really it's not about the water. If you do not have a relationship with yourself, if you do not believe that you are deserving or worthy of a space in your life, in your schedule, that you don't believe that you matter in that way, you're not going to get up and have a glass of water. You're not going to feed yourself. And so sometimes those really simple things can be challenging too, depending on the meaning that we ascribe to it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense. And I, I, it's funny that you used the blood sugar balancing as an example, especially for this podcast, because Erica and I very much work in the space of, you know, integrative nutrition with a very food positive um, kind of lens. And 90% of what we do is blood sugar balance. But I love that you brought it up. It's perfect for this audience because um, it actually, beautifully ties into like the deeper meaning behind what we can achieve when we're able to just serve that that specific component of um sustenance and satiety and so thanks for giving a shout out to the blood sugar balancing nerds over here um but it's, that's it's uh yeah yeah I was gonna say that's what I meant sometimes where my my needs are also not my wants because I've learned that my mental health is so tied to blood sugar and sugar in general. Um, and you know, all, and I love sugar. So it's learning to like, it's not what I want at all just to be, you know, I'm that girl at our show. Like I eat vegetables, but they're not, um, just being real. I'm like the, the holistic health coach. She's like, vegetables aren't my favorite thing, but I've learned to love them for my mental health. So anyway, just, just funny right there. It's a, 
It's a, an example that I think people will be able to hear. So thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I bet we could, you know, pick your brain for another hour. But um, as we, you know, as we begin to wrap up, we ask our guests three wrap up questions. And um, you actually just shared shared one, but I'm going to ask at this stage of your life, what does your current daily self-care look like? Do you have any non-negotiables in your day for you? Yeah. So right now I am taking a lot of supplements and at many intervals. So my number one non-negotiable self-care act is to at night put all of the supplements into like a thing so that I can very easily just, you know, pour it out my hand and take it over the course of the day. Um, so I think that's a two part, right? Making sure I have it available and then that I remember to take it. And that takes a lot of planning, especially when my life is so scattered with little children. Uh, the um, next question we always ask is, what does being courageous mean to you? Mm, being courageous means saying the thing that I know that I need to say, even if I'm pretty sure nobody wants to hear it. Yeah, that's a good one. And then um, the final question is, in addition to your own book, uh, do you have a book you would recommend to our audience? On It can truly be on any topic, just something that's really meant something to you. Mm. Well, the book that I'm reading right now, and I think when I have an advanced copy, I think when this comes out, this book will be out too, uh, is called Push Off From Here which is written by Laura McCallan. And it's it's about sobriety, but she goes through these nine steps of getting through kind of anything, right? She's talking a lot about sobriety in it, which I'm a sober person, relatively speaking. But um, yeah, I really like it. It's written really well. That's a book that I would highly recommend. She has two books, but that's the new one. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And if anyone wants to find you, follow you, buy your book, where can they do that? Come hang out at maraglatzel.com. You can find the book there. You can hang out with me on Instagram at maraglatzel and take the quiz. Then you'll get my emails. Take the quiz. It's fun. Thank you again, Mara. It was a pleasure having you today. Thank you. It was awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.